Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hey guys, we're back. It's Aaron and Kyle. Hey. Today we're tackling. Hey, we're tackling. <laughs> we got to get our sillies out. We I know. I we got to like shake those sillies out. Okay. So we're gonna tackle two listener questions today. Um, so I think we'll just dive right into the meat of it. Unless you have something like really riveting to to say, Kyle. I do not. But cool. Shannon from Southie has something riveting to say. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Shannon uh, asks, because I'm exclusively breastfeeding, the pediatrician mentioned vitamin D supplements as it's not in breast milk. Erin, what are your thoughts here? I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts. The reason we chose this question is because I get asked this question a lot from friends and clients who um, who are having babies. And I think it's an, it's an important one to... To tackle, but before I go there, I want to just give a shout out to breastfeeding. Like props there. I know it's not easy, it's not comfortable, especially in the beginning. And people who say that, I think they're just lying. I think they're just dirty liars, um, because it's 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 tough. But it honestly is one of the best things that you can do. And this is I'm saying this without any any judgment or or anything to to women who don't breastfeed, but the more I read and the more I learn about breast milk, the more blown away I am with how much mother nature got it right. It's like, it really is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> you're, I mean, and you, when you breastfeed, you're honestly helping to shape your baby's microbiome. That's the, the gut bacteria and their stress response for their entire lives. Like it's amazing. Um, so those are really two of the most influential, influential things when it comes to disease management. So just give yourself a pat on the back for like, for struggling through the breastfeeding thing. I don't want to belabor, belabor the point here, but it really is incredible. Yeah. Even I, if your nipples fall off a little bit. Which I feel like, um, yeah, I'm not going to dive too deep into this, but I know that you had a really hard time. I remember um, getting a few long text messages and just being like, I don't even know how to respond to this. <laughs> like, um, I was shirtless for like the first two months of my child's life. <laughs> I remember, I just thought it was like, I'm like, I know it's supposed to hurt, but it hurts so much that the first my mom's like we gotta we gotta see somebody about this and she took me she drove me to my first lactation consultant appointment and I took my shirt off in front of them and they went both covered their eyes and went 
I'm like, it's bad. So it's bad. This is bad. <laughs> this isn't okay. This isn't, this isn't normal. Oh, okay. I str- it was a real struggle. People, this is like one of my biggest pet peeves when people are like, you're so lucky you could breastfeed. I'm like, luck had nothing to do with it. Perseverance, determination, stubbornness, yeah. all of those things, all of yeah. those things, but not luck. My mom only breastfed me for three months, and then I ended up having all these colicky issues, and they were concerned about me not getting enough nutrition. So we went through like a ton of different formulas um, before I could tolerate one, and I think it ended up being soy-based. So I only got three months. You know, you just do the best you can. Yeah, and I mean, three months is like is awesome. I my mom um, did it for six months, and she she was like, I nobody in my life breastfed. Like I was like the freak that did it. And there's there's just there wasn't a ton of support for for our parents' generation. Yeah, um, I think there's more support now, but I'm kind of shocked at at that there's still like a lot of work that we can do. Um, I've had people tell me that lactation consultants have told them like, oh, your, your nipples aren't good for breastfeeding. You shouldn't even try. It's like, what the heck? That's wow. like what's going on out there. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm like, I'm, I'm shocked with, with a lot of it. There's just not a lot of postpartum support in our culture. It's a, it's a shame. I, we could do an, a whole episode on this and we probably should because mm-hmm. it bums me out to see new moms struggling. I had such a hard time that the more support I can give somebody like the better it is. Anyway, yeah. let me let me get into vitamin D. So here's the situation. The Amer- American Academy of Pediatrics recommend that all nursing mothers supplement with vitamin D. That's why it's pushed on new moms at their pediatrician appointments. So of course, when my pediatrician told me that, um, because I exclusively breastfed, that means my baby only got breast milk, he was like, you you have to supplement your baby. You like, you have to give your baby vitamin D drops. And I was like, well, okay, well, why, you know, like, give me like, what, how did mother nature mess this one up? Like why? And he was, his, his, uh, answer was that babies can't get vitamin D through breast milk. That was his answer. And I think that's what a lot of people are being told, but this is categorically false. Um, and before I explain that, I think it's worth a mention here that many pediatricians and doctors in general have very little nutrition education. And this is not their fault, right? They're doctors, they're not nutritionists, but they're often put in the position of having to dole out nutrition advice. Like we go to them asking these questions and that's not not really great. It takes 14 to 20 years for medical literature to get to the doctor's office. So that means that oftentimes they're giving out old, outdated advice. And I can completely attest to this because, like I said, my daughter's pediatrician has tried to give me nutrition advice for her, and it's honestly laughable. Yeah, I'm. I want to add that we're not bashing doctors, but no. you wouldn't go to your doctor and ask like, "What workout you should be doing?" But that's exactly what people do, and like they go and they're like, "What diet should I be following?" And the crazy thing is, is most people truly assume that doctors get adequate nutrition education in medical school, but the National Academy of Sciences, their recommendation is only 24 hours a day of nutrition education throughout the entirety of medical school just a day and less than 30 percent of medical schools in the country even require that many hours so most of them don't require any nutrition education whatsoever so keep in mind that not every nutritionist has received the same amount of education and not every doctor has received adequate or even any nutrition education at all okay that's my that's my little spiel 
Yeah, and I agree too. I mean, we we put doctors on a pedestal and we tr- you know look up to them like they're demigods and we treat them as such and they're in such a hard position because yep. we expect them to have all of the answers. I mean, you said we wouldn't go to our doctors asking what workout to follow, but people do. Like they I mean, people do that, you know? Like we're asking them all of the questions, we're expecting them to wear all of the hats and mm-hmm. they're just I mean, sometimes I feel like they're probably just backed into our corner a little bit. But anyway, let's get back to vitamin D. So, we're told that um we babies can't get vitamin D through breast milk. But the truth is that babies actually can get vitamin D from breast milk. It doesn't make sense, like I said, that Mother Nature got everything right except for this. Of course, your breast milk can provide everything that your baby needs to survive, especially within the first six months. But this this is a but, and this is a pretty big but, just like Becky's friend talked about. Many, <laughs> so cheesy, um, <laughs> Many mo- moms are not getting enough vitamin D. So women aren't getting enough vitamin D throughout their pregnancies and breastfeeding. And really most people in general aren't getting enough vitamin D because number one, we spend the majority of time inside. And number two, we're not eating foods that are high in vitamin D. So if mom is deficient in vitamin D, which is common, then her breast milk will be deficient in vitamin D too. And so therefore, baby won't get the vitamin D he or she needs, hence the recommendation for supplementation. So that's really the backstory. It's not because babies can't get it. It's not because your breast milk doesn't have it. But if you're deficient, then your breast milk will be deficient. So vitamin D actually acts like a hormone in the body. I'm personally really hesitant to just dose up newborns with it. There's a lot of questions around our heavy supplementation with this nutrient. Like, are we actually doing more harm than good? So I truly don't think it's an awesome idea to give it to babies, especially infants. Um, Furthermore, I've seen some of the vitamin D drops that doctors have recommended to my clients for their newborns, and they are bad, Kyle. Like, colors, flavors added to this. And this is what you're supposed to be giving to like an exclusively breastfed infant. It's, it's awful. So if you do decide to go the, the D drops route with your baby, I would make sure you're seeking out a really clean product. Something that's suspended in MCT oil is a good bet. And you want to make sure that there's no additives. That's going to be a better option. But Personally, what I think is an even safer bet and actually what the literature supports is to be sure that your vitamin D, you as the mom, your vitamin D levels are appropriate because vitamin D needs actually increase about 20% while you're breastfeeding. We manufacture the majority of it through our skin with UVB rays. So a good way to get it is to be sure that you're exposing your unprotected skin, that means without clothes or without sunscreen, to the sun every day if you can for at least a few minutes. And I talk a lot about this on a blog post that I wrote on my website, erinholthealth.com. If you just search vitamin D and safe sun exposure, you can read a lot more about that. Um, and then do the same for your baby. Let them get some sun on their skin. Obviously, this this isn't super easy to do in the colder months, but if you have a baby in the spring or the summer, you can do more of that. And then another option to consider is to start supplementing with vitamin D yourself, again, as the mom. And you can do this at least through the fall and winter and maybe even beyond that if you're indoors most of the day. 
I would recommend getting your vitamin D levels tested first and then base your dosage off of that. And I'd say it's a safe bet to supplement with at least 2,000 IUs daily, but you might need to do more like four to 6,000 IUs if you're exclusively breastfeeding. I don't take any vitamin D in the summer, but I... I've started to get my levels checked before the summer just to see where I'm at, and then again in the fall. So I typically will take 2,000 IU during the winter months only. And just to touch on the vitamin D liquid that you mentioned, my doctor actually just recommended that I start um, taking pure encapsulation makes a vitamin D3 liquid, which is suspended in medium chain triglycerides, and that's, that's a good option. Yeah, so that would be in um, a supplement, not for baby, but for mom. Yes. Um, Yep. Impure Caps is a practitioner brand, uh, but you can often find it on on Amazon as well. So in terms of supplementing for you, so Kyle said she does 2,000 IUs, and remember, she's not breastfeeding, so your your needs are definitely going to increase by about 20% while breastfeeding. Researchers found that when mom takes um, 6,400 IUs, so that's 6,400, I use a vitamin D each day. Her exclusively breastfed baby has the same levels of vitamin D if she had given her baby daily vitamin D drops. So it just seems like the the more the safer bet is to take the vitamin D yourself and let baby get it through through breast milk. Um, and then make sure you buy, buy vitamin D three, never D two. And Kyle mentioned Pure Encapsulations is a good brand. I like Solgar. You can find that um, at most health food stores. That's a good brand. And you can get those gel caps. And then Thorn, that's the one that I use. Um, It's another practitioner brand. But again, you can find it on Amazon. You can get caps or you can get the liquid. I personally like the liquid because then I can give my husband takes a different dose than I do. And then in the winter times, I'll give Hattie, Hattie some. And with the liquid, you can, you can change the dose. Um, and you can also think about getting a vitamin D K2 mix because K2 helps your body utilize and direct vitamin D. So Thorn makes a blend of the two. And then finally, supporting your own vitamin D production through food is a really smart bet. It's definitely harder to get through food, but these are some good sources that you can start to work into rotation. And these are going to be really, really helpful through the the, the postpartum period anyway, because they're such nutrient-dense food. Um, fatty fish that includes salmon, sardines, mackerel, tuna, raw, full-fat dairy. We talked about that um, on the fourth episode of the podcast, so you can listen to that if you haven't yet. Cod liver oil, um, Rosarita Extra Virgin Cod Liver Oil is a very good product. You have to order directly through their website. And then egg yolks from pastured chicken. I think egg yolks are like nature's multivitamin, and they contain a little bit of of vitamin D. And then finally, liver, beef liver. Um, and if you can't do liver, you're just not willing to do that. Um, you can consider taking liver pills. That's dehydrated liver encapsulated or even an organ complex that contains liver. Uh, vital proteins and I think Paleo Valley are two two companies that make make some good liver products. Yeah, if anybody wants more, you know, info on vitamin D or has more questions, as usual, just submit a question on Erin's um, website and we can cover it in a later episode. Um, so Trisha from Portsmouth uh, for a question, our next question, 
asks what kind of are you okay over there (laughs) i know i'm sorry it's really hard like clearing your throat when you're being recorded because you're trying to like sneak it and it does not work i know um okay what kind of smoothie makers or blenders do you yeah do you guys use and recommend i need to get on the smoothie bandwagon but i get overwhelmed with what to buy also aren't you guys who do smoothies every day at the grocery store wait aren't you guys who do smoothies so every this day came in this question came in this? in like a facebook or private facebook group that i manage and she's like aren't you guys who do smoothies every day at, like at the grocery store every single day oh, so basically like it. aren't you constantly shopping <clears throat> got it okay she said i'm a once a week shopper so i'm just trying to wrap my brain around some logistics um erin had also had a client write in about prep ahead smoothie ideas so we'll get into that too yeah, these are this is like just a basic straightforward smoothie episode um or you know smoothie answer just so we can talk about what we do and hopefully give you guys some ideas. And smoothies are like kind of all the rage right now. Well, I mean, they sort of always have been. I don't even know why I said that. That was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> it was like the food is all the rage right now. So, well, <laughs> we're going to break down a few issues we see and if you guys do make smoothies, you're going to want to listen to this cuz I'm sure you'll get some some golden nuggets. Um for blenders, I personally use a Vitamix. I got it at my wedding shower like six years ago, and I have used it. This is no word of a lie, with the exception of being on vacations, and I've even packed it for some vacations. I have used it every single day since I got it. I literally use it two to four times a day between blending my coffee, I blend it with coconut oil, I make smoothies for myself and the fam, salad dressing, sauces, all that good stuff. So I just have the base model, which is the least expensive, but it's still like a really good chunk of change. Um, But I think I'll pass the baton back to Kyle here, though, because she's a psychopath and um, literally the most type A person I've ever met (laughs) on this planet. And she made an Excel spreadsheet before she bought a blender. Yes, I did. Um, You know, like you said, some of them are so much money. Yeah. So I did. I took it um, one step further and made an Excel spreadsheet comparing like eight different models. (laughs) I took it rather far. Um, (laughs) But so some options. Blend Tech is one. Um, Vitamix. I think those two are kind of like always neck and neck. Uh, Ninja is another one. And then Magic Bullet. Um, and then there are refurbished models, which I I ended up getting a refurbished Vitamix, and it was four hundred, and I just bought it with like tax return money, and and yeah, I mean I just I use it every single day, so it was a good investment. Um, but some of them can go up to six hundred. Others are low as 300. Um, I think it's totally worth getting the refurbished. Um, I think mine came with like a six-year warranty, which is just awesome. Um, I had a Ninja before that, and I did not like that. It felt like I would have to like chew my smoothies. But I know the Magic Bullet, I've used those. And those, surprisingly, you're not going to get a huge, you know, portion if you're trying to make a big one for like you and... I'm your partner in the morning, but it definitely comes out smooth and I've, I've had good results with those. So that's my, that's my research. (laughs) Um, not everybody, the, the, the reason that Blendtec and Vitamix are so dope are because they, they're high, they have a high speed motor, so it's going to blend things up. Like you can throw a beet in there and have it like, you know, be blend up. You can throw whole almonds and get almond flour. Um, that's why they're so expensive, but not everybody has 
400 to $600 to throw at a blender. And, you know, I don't think that you should. Like, we don't need even more barriers to eating healthy food. Um, so that's interesting to hear that you didn't love the Ninja, but I would totally agree with the magic bullet thing. Um, I've My sister-in-law has one, and I've used that, and that's pretty 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 awesome yeah. actually it's it's smaller so it's not gonna like you said it's not gonna house like a ton of stuff but it's but it worked really well and I think she might even have like the ninja the ninjas variety or like like I think it's like ninja brand bullet ninja bullet oh I don't I could be making that up so don't quote me on that but point being is like and before I got the my Vitamix I had like a $30 blender from Target so and I and you know that did the job so don't let don't let the fact that you don't have a Vitamix like keep you from from doing all of these cool I used things. to use a immersion blender <laughs> to make um, smoothies yeah yeah I mean it sounded That's awful I mean I think anyone anyone living it with me at the time is just like oh god just please stop and just buy a blender <laughs> but <laughs> here's $30 go yes go to Walmart so yeah you can use just about anything Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Three issues that we see with smoothies. The first is, and these are these are like kind of common mistakes people might make. One is tons of sugar. It's really easy to pack your smoothies full of fruit and basically start your day off with a sugar bomb. So I love fruit. I want to go on record as saying fruit is awesome. It's full of nutrition. I want people to eat it. But you can easily put away a ton more fruit in a smoothie than you would if you were just eating whole fruit. Like if you were sitting down, like you could eat a banana, but like you could throw like three bananas into a smoothie and like mm-hmm. not not even bat an eye. I absolutely used to do this. I would add a tons of fruit, a little spinach and a little almond milk and like maybe a little avocado for fat and just call it a day. There was like very little protein in there and it was mostly just fruit. Um, all right. Issue number two, not enough calories or fat. So I personally love smoothies for their ease of use, so to speak, especially if I know I'm going to be out and about, I'll always pack one up. So I have something to eat. I have this little insulated Vera Bradley lunch bag that my aunt gave me when I was pregnant and I use that. So I throw it in an ice pack. I will pack a stainless steel straw or a spoon, depending on how thick it is. And I always use mason jars to pack my smoothies. So um, that's kind of how I roll. I agree about the ease of use. I have smoothies for breakfast and drink them in the car because it's just it's just not realistic for me to sit down and eat breakfast before work. So it's always on the go. And drinking a smoothie in the car is a heck of a lot easier and a lot less reckless than um, eating a bowl of cereal, which is exactly what I did for a number of years before I started drinking smoothies. I can yeah. totally see. Remember that old beater car you used to have? Oh, my like, God. I, no hubcaps. Like yeah. The- the door driver open. The driver's side door was broken, so I'd have to like let myself out of the passenger side. I can, so bad. awful. I could see you eating a bowl of cereal in that car. <laughs> like I could that, that that really makes sense. Yep. Um, so keep in mind that if you are drinking a smoothie as a meal, it has to contain adequate calories and nutrition. I see a, a lot of folks drinking smoothies for breakfast that have like two or 300 calories. And that's a terrific snack, but it's really not enough to keep you going until your next meal. So I hope people are listening to this because, uh, again, 200 calories, 300 calories, not enough for a meal. So personally, when I'm making a meal replacement smoothie or like, you know, having a smoothie as a breakfast or even sometimes a lunch if I'm on the go, I find that ramping up the fats keeps me the most satiated. 
Yeah, I agree with that. So I'll run through some fat options right now. Um, MCT oil. I like Bulletproof brand. And I've mentioned this before. I use this because I love avocados. um, And that's also another great uh, fat. But the MCT oil, I just feel like it's cheaper. So I've been doing that lately. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that because it's not, it's like, it's like 20, $25 a bottle, isn't it? I think I, I, I just, I don't do the full serving size. I just do like a spoonful. Oh, I'm like glug, 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 glug. Yeah. And you have to be careful if you do go and buy the MCT oil. I've heard that, um, it, it can be bad news. Yeah, if you, you can squirt start your pants. too much. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can poop yeah, the, your pants. Yeah. Maybe so. it happened to me. Maybe it didn't. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. So just start slow. Um, nut butter, whole raw nuts, seeds, anything like that. Ideally, they would be soaked and then dehydrated nuts or seeds um, or the same for nut butter. But if you don't do this, at the very least, just make sure that they don't have any nasty oils or added sugar. And what you're using, um, organic would be best. And just to explain the reason why I say soaked and then dehydrated nuts, this is the same for grains and legumes, actually, but they contain phytic acid, which is an anti-nutrient. And it's an anti-nutrient because it binds to minerals in your GI preventing you from fully absorbing the minerals, which can then lead to deficiencies. So soaking helps break down the phytic acid and it makes it easier for you to absorb the nutrients from that food. Yep. And then dehydrating, like I, I'll soak the nuts, um, all day or like for six hours, depending, you can go on Pinterest and get a chart for like how many hours for each nut. And then I do that during the day on Saturday, Saturday night, I put my oven on the lowest temp, which is 170. And then I just put them all on a parchment um, lined baking sheet overnight. And then the next morning, they're good to go. So one of our favorite games with this podcast is to see how many words we can mispronounce. <laughs> Mine is digestion. Um, oh gosh, I listened to the the first three episodes and I was like, oh yeah, that like haunted me. Especially <laughs> as a nutritionist and a dietitian. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So it's actually phytic acid. Oh, for the love of God, it's okay. We're just learning here. We're just, we're just. Sometimes we read these words so many times and we've never had to say them out loud. So it's exactly true. And in my head, it's phytic acid. And so phytic acid, it shall stay up there. <laughs> it's like kefir and kefir. It just literally every episode we will come up with some word where we're like, did I say that right? Um, okay, so more fats. Coconut butter or coconut flakes. I've actually seen coconut oil listed on online a lot, but I don't understand this because no. if you put coconut oil into frozen f- smoothies and frozen foods, it's going to immediately solidify. And this has happened to me and you just end up chewing you know, coconut chunks. So if you're into that, you can do the oil. Otherwise, the butter or the flakes. Um, avocado, like I mentioned. Canned coconut milk or coconut yo- yogurt. Again, we mentioned Minimalist Baker has a great homemade coconut yogurt that you can do. Um, another brand that I recently tried, which was so, so yummy, was Koyo. Um, if you can find that near you. And then as always, if you're doing the canned coconut, make sure it's a BPA free can. You bought the Koyo when you were up here, right? At Philbrick? Yeah. I can't, I have not found it anywhere in Asheville, but I got it up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire and 
Oh, it's so good. It's I still really, haven't really tried it. So when we're talking coconut yogurt, we're talking either you're making it yourself, you're using this Koyo brand, another brand that's phenomenal that it's really, really hard to find unless you use their website. Uh, the Coconut Cult, haven't tried it yet, mm. but it's it's a good one. Um, not the stuff that you get in the grocery store that's like, you know, so delicious or what are some other brands like Silk, like not, yep. none of those kind of things, just because they have so many junky additives and so many junky ingredients that they're not, they're not, um, not a great option in terms of health. Um, so I, I use all of, all of those fats. I agree about the coconut oil. It's just, it's, it's like chunky and it's like weird. Um, another thing that I've added for fat are pastured egg yolks. So like raw egg yolks, which are so hardcore, but it's something I, I know it's something I recently tried. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kelly Brogan. She's a holistic psychiatrist and she's like a bad mamba jamba. I really love her. And she has a recipe so you can Google it, Kelly Brogan smoothie. And it's just basically a ton of fat. So it's like ghee or, uh, MCT oil, um, almond butter and, uh, cacao powder and some like a few frozen berries and then two or three raw egg yolks and obviously you want to source source it and it sounds disgusting but you really don't take taste the egg yolk it's so good and it's such a great way to start your day off with fat she also adds collagen peptides for protein which we'll talk about um actually we'll talk about it right now so protein also helps with satiety so I am in general, for most people, a big fan of high protein, high fat breakfast. I think that's like a very good way to start your day. So if I'm having a smoothie as a breakfast, I want to make sure I'm packing both of those in here. So Kyle already talked about all the fats and um, I use all of those. But what are other options for protein? You could go the yogurt route, grass-fed cow or goat yogurt or sheep yogurt. If you're using kefir, that also has some protein in it. It's going to be obviously thinner than than the yogurt. Hemp seeds is another great option. Hemp seeds is considered a complete protein because of the amino acids they contain. What I don't like, I'm not really a fan of hemp powder. Um, I think they don't take the shells off before they grind up the powder. So it tastes really dirty. So I used to use Mm. it back in the day when like when I was like in my raw, my raw food vegan days. And I was basically just drinking like a glass of dirt. It like overpowers the the flavor of the rest of your smoothie. So I don't really love it. But you can just throw in hemp seeds or hemp hearts. And um, and I think they taste awesome. So uh, Kyle also we both make hemp milk you basically just blend hemp seeds together in in water um so you can do that too and that offers up some protein and then collagen powder this is something that i use pretty often it's a great source of protein neither of us are huge fans of protein powders just because there's a lot of isolates a lot of added ingredients a lot of junk you pay a really big price um for poor quality protein But collagen powder is more of a whole food protein and the amino acids that it contains help to complement all the muscle meat that we eat. So if you think about the meat that we eat in this country, it's like chicken breast, right? It's, or even chicken thighs or um, a steak. It's a lot of muscle meat. So these, these amino acids can, um, can help to balance that. And these amino acids can also be really healing for the lining of the gut. 
in terms of other protein powders that you might want to try, I, I think grass-fed whey is a really good option if you tolerate dairy. Whey is pretty bioavailable to the body, and it also supports detoxification because it supports your body's production of glut glutathione, which is um, our major our uh, major antioxidant. There's also egg white protein, which you could use. Um, J-Rob is a brand that makes some good egg white protein. And then in terms of vegetarian proteins, um, Navitas Organics make some whole food options. Um, keep in mind that vegetarian proteins really aren't as bioavailable as, as animal-based proteins. So if you are going to go for a, a vegetarian one, go for, if you're getting something that's legume or seed or legume or grain-based, go for something that's sprouted, can be a little bit better. For a pea protein, I like a company called Newzest. It's N-U-Z-E-S-T. I don't think it's an American company, but I ordered that recently and I and I liked it. So that's something to check out. Other vegetarian powders that are pretty decent and that are easy to find are Sun Warrior and Vega. I used to drink Vega a lot. I don't know if they've changed their formula or what. I'm not really up to date on that, but something to look into. And one thing I wanna I wanna point out here because this is pretty new information. This came out recently. I've uh, bone broth protein powders are ha, are on the market quite a bit, and I've been asked a lot about them over the past year and change. And I just never felt comfortable green lighting them. I've never used them myself, and I I would honestly say when people ask me about this, like I'm not sure. I I don't want to say yes, and I don't know why. I just feel weird about it, and I'm I'm not sure. I wouldn't recommend it. So a study just came out. They tested these bone broth proteins, and they tested some pretty big brands like Ancient Nutrition, which is Dr. Axe's brand. And um, these protein powders contain insect repellent, antibiotics, and prescription drugs. So that's that's pretty wow. gnarly. Yeah, I would stay away from those. Um, and if you guys do have specific questions about specific brands of protein powder, totally throw them, throw them our way because we'd love to tackle that in a in a future episode. Yeah. Um, all right. So next, uh, phytonutrients and veggies. So here are some things. Uh, acai. Um, you can get this in the frozen section. I've only ever seen it in the frozen section. Does it come in any other way? You can get Aaron, it in a know? powdered powdered form. Oh yeah. But I yeah, I can't afford that. Is it expensive? I've, I've seen it before. I and I'm yeah, no. I was like, nope, I'll I'll catch you another time. Yeah, I always get the frozen stuff anyway. And then the frozen just look, I I wanna say that there's two different kinds and one has added sugar and another one doesn't. Yeah, get the so always pay attention look for to that. unsweetened. Um cauliflower, you can do this uh, frozen uh or steamed and then frozen or raw and then frozen either or do you have a preference for yourself I don't a lot of times I really just like will switch it up if I feel like I've just been doing raw consistently um then if I have time on a Sunday I'll steam it and then uh, spread everything out on a baking sheet put it in the freezer and then just throw it in a bag and just pull from that so I switch it up but I do know some people who feel like they get they have a lot more bloating if they just do raw, so they steam theirs and then freeze it. So you just kind of have to experiment with, I think, all of the veggies. You know, it's it's worth seeing which which way goes better for you. Um, sweet potato and canned pumpkin. For the sweet potato, I peel them, cut them up, and then steam them, then freeze them. 
I don't do raw for that. What I do zucchini, for, oh, yeah, for sweet potato, yeah. I just ro- I always have roasted sweet potatoes on rotation. Oh yeah, and then yeah. I don't even I don't use them frozen. I just put them in like fright right straight from the fridge. Yeah, that's good. So we should probably say that the purpose of this is to like give you guys some more ideas about how to get more veggies into rotation, especially for little kiddos too, because you can you can get in a lot of veggies in a, in a smoothie as we'll continue to discuss. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so cauliflower, sweet potato, canned pumpkin, zucchini, lettuce, um, any kind of greens. I've never used lettuce in my smoothies because I feel like I'm always having salad for lunch. Yeah. So I get it there. Same. But I typically will stick with like frozen kale or frozen spinach um, for smoothies. Broccoli stems. Like I can't. Come on. Do you yep. really use this? Yep. Or did you just see this on, so, on a food blog somewhere? I I read it and then I and then I tried it because I am a florette kind of gal <laughs> and I liked the idea of not you know just having a, a use for the stems. I will say that you need a high speed speed blender for. Did this, you throw them otherwise. in raw? Um, I froze them. I th- oh, did, were they raw? Were they raw first? Um, I can't remember if I if I had cooked them or if I had cut cut them off and then just froze them as is but either way um I think one time I made them they weren't as blended and it was a little like <laughs> chewy and then yeah and then another time it was fine um so it's not a go-to but it's something that you could try um carrots carrots I would say are, are more of a go-to f- two for me and I'll just I'll get a bunch from the farmer's market and just chop them up and throw them right in the freezer as is I tend to have everything from the freezer because I'll make my smoothies before I get in the shower so if I don't use everything frozen then by the time I grab it from the fridge it's kind of a little too liquidy for me so that's why I I try to go everything frozen you like yours really thicky thick I do. Yes. And then um, what else? Goji berries. You would need to soak these first to soften them up. And then berries or any kind of fruit. um, Some good options are any kind of berry, like I said, strawberries, blackberries, all that stuff, blueberries, cherries, peaches. And again, like what Erin said, you can easily drink a lot more fruit in a smoothie than you would eat whole. So still, you know, just pay attention to how much you're you're using but I think these are all awesome ideas for Trisha who is saying that she doesn't she just wants to shop once so like you do all of you just like everything's coming from I only freezer. shop once so yeah yep I have I have a big bag of um blueberries I have the I dump out whatever the greens sometimes I have a mix left over from last week I dump those out in the same bag and then same with the veggies and I just take out the three bags I have um, a measuring spoon I have all everything right there and it is like a a well-oiled machine every morning it's just super routine cool so um and I think think that's all I had to say about that one I and just just to give people an idea of portions I typically do a cup of greens a cup of veggies and a cup of fruit give or take yeah that's that's a smart bet that's probably pretty on par with 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 what I do um I also will use dates you mentioned goji berries I will also add dates for sweetness I like I like that sometimes especially if I'm not using much fruit and more veggies 
Um, I do a lot of dates for Hattie smoothies too, because she likes the, the sweeter stuff, obviously. Um, next up, we'll tackle fiber. So you can throw in some things like chia, flaxseed. Um, I always buy flaxseed whole and then grind it myself because as we talked about in episode three, flaxseeds have some of those really uh, delicate fats. So the less you can expose it to air, light, heat, the better. Chia seeds, we all know and love chia seeds. They soak up water and they become like really gelatinous. So they can help to thicken up a smoothie a little bit. But um, one thing I want to mention here, because they're very popular right now, are prebiotic powders. Prebiotics are essentially food for probiotics. So they're food for bacteria in your gut. And so you'll see them listed like uh, as FOS, inulin, sometimes chicory root, And they're oftentimes mixed into a lot of protein powders or like health food powders. And I'm not really the biggest fan. I think that your microbiome has to be in a pretty happy place before you start supplementing with this. If there's some type of dysbiosis or imbalance going on in your gut, it can cause some funky GI symptoms like bloating, gas, all that good stuff. And you also run the risk of feeding the bad guys. So I'm really more of a fan of getting prebiotics and getting fiber from whole food sources. All of the things Kyle just mentioned are all sources of fiber and not relying on a powder for for fiber. Um, and then let's also talk about the potions and all the, the extra stuff, because this is, these are pretty trendy right now. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's just trendy to us because we tend to follow foodie people on Instagram, but, um, yeah. but you know, we'll talk about it anyway. So bee pollen is something that I've never used before, but Kyle brought it up because we see it quite a bit. I used to use it. Well, I guess I did use it. Um, I ne- I don't think I've, I've never used it. Okay. Yeah. I think I used to use it back in the day, um, but I don't even know remember why. I think it's supposed to be good for allergies, and then there's like a laundry list of other things that I can do. Um, I'll have to check with my friend Nicole Vernon. She has um, – she's part owner of Vernon Family Farm. Her and Jeremiah own it, and they're phenomenal people, and we're hoping to get them on the podcast. But um, yeah, she, she has bees and makes honey, so I'm sure she would – be able to tell us what bee pollen is good for anyway moving along cacao powder which is basically unroasted cocoa powder it's high in magnesium it has iron antioxidants it's really super tasty it's basically like just chocolate powder so it mixes well with any type of nut seeds i like it with bananas um i have a recipe on my website for chocolate pudding made with avocados and this stuff so that's that's a pretty tasty one and then like i mentioned that kelly brogan smoothie earlier uses it um what else other things that we can add to smoothies maca root is a big one um i've been using this for like a decade i love the taste of it it's um it's a tuber that's then so that means it's a root it's grown underground and it's um ground down into a powder and it has some adaptogenic properties and it's known to balance out hormones but like i said i really primarily use it for the taste it's sort of malty um it's got some protein. It's got some fiber. So it is a nice addition to a smoothie if you do like the taste. Navitas Organics, that company I mentioned earlier, they make a superfood blend with hemp, cacao, and maca. And that's it. So there's no added junk. So that's a nice option for people if you like if you like adding stuff to your smoothies. But I really like straightforward ingredients lists when I'm looking at protein powders or anything like that. I will say that you are the first person I've ever met that only uses like maca primarily for the the taste um it is a it is an acquired taste 
Um, it took me quite a while before I totally got used to it. And I, I add vanilla extract to my smoothies specifically to cover up the maca. I have gotten a lot more used to it now since I've been using it consistently for like a year now that now I don't, I don't mind it. But in the beginning it, it's, you know, it's, it, some people, some people, AKA Aaron love the taste. <laughs> Other people, it just takes, it's just takes some um, playing around and maybe a- adding some extracts to help kind of mask it a bit. Um, and then mountain rose herbs online has maca and I think I've ordered from them and they have a really great price compared to the stores. So have you noticed a difference since, since starting with maca? Um, no. This is my sort of my thing, like for people, because I'm not convinced it's like this. It's like you're supposed, it's supposed to be great for hormones. It's like, I think you'd have to take a pretty significant dose of it to affect hormones. It's supposed to be great for energy. It's supposed to be great for sex drive, but I've never talked to somebody unless they were buying an extract, like a maca extract. I've never sat down and spoken with anybody that was like, you know what made me feel really good? Maca. So if you don't like the taste of it, it's kind of my, what I tell people, it's like, don't, don't worry about it. I don't think it's other than it, it is, you know, it does add some nutrition. I don't, I really don't think it's like this amazing thing. Um, no, I agree. I think a lot of these like potions, um, you know, it is, it is a bit, you know, voodoo because the, um, the amount that you're actually going to be using, it's, it's just not a significant amount. And I also think it's funny how people expect that even if something says it, it can help with this. Do you really expect that you're going to make one smoothie and all of a sudden be like bouncing off the walls and like your hormones are all balanced and like you just can't wait to get Randy with your husband that night? Like it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that a lot of the time. I mean, there are some things that you'll notice right away, but other things, you know, and, and you're going to keep mentioning some of them, they, they can be beneficial, but it's not necessarily something that you're going to have like this drastic effect from. That's actually such a good point, Kyle, because I think so many of us and sort of how we're like bred to believe that like, hey, instead of changing my diet, instead of changing my lifestyle, instead of sleeping more, instead of taking a look at the stress in my life, I'm just going to sprinkle some maca into my smoothie Mm -hmm. and everything's going to get better. You know, and that's obviously a little bit of a a drastic statement, but that's, we're going to talk about adaptogens. We don't have time to do, I can have my eye on the clock. We're not going to have time to get into it in this episode, but I see so many people like adaptogens help your body adapt to stress, but they just take adaptogens and not, don't change a damn thing. And then they you know, mm-hmm. like that's not how these things work. They're a support to everything else you're doing within your diet in your life. They're not going to be like the thing that like save you. You know what I mean? Or like the thing that fix you, right? That's the best way of, I've heard it so far is these things can offer your body additional support, but they are not a fix all for your problems. So let's move on to some other other ones that we like and get asked about. Spirulina. This is a blue-green algae. It's a very, very potent form of nutrition. Contains phytonutrients, antioxidants, detox support. I've been adding it to a smoothies for like a decade. So I'm like a definitely like a potions junkie for sure. And I really love this stuff. It's I I'm this is probably weird too. I kind of like the taste. Um, I didn't at first, but I've gotten used to it. It's a bit salty. My I prefer it 
combined with blueberries and lime juice or lime zest. I really like the, the yeah. flavors together. Yeah. But one thing to note here is that vegans might use this as um, a source of B12, as a vegan source of B12, but I do not recommend this. Um, spirulina can contain things called B12 analogs. They kind of look like B12, but they're not, but they can bind to B12 receptors and kind of trip up your body. So I won't get blah, blah, blah. Basically don't use them as your sole source of B12. Okay. Um, chlorella is another green powder. It's not to be confused with cholera, which you do not want in your smoothie or anywhere near it. Um, it's another algae. It's a pretty major detoxifier. I actually don't like mixing this into smoothies because it it's a, has a very green taste. Um, it's very grassy. So I actually like to do my greens powder on the side. Um, and I'll just, instead of mixing it into my smoothies, I'll just like take it as a shot on the side. I like the, the amazing grass company. They do a good job with greens. And if you're local, the mustard seed in Nottingham also sells their own blend, which is really, really great. And then turmeric, obviously we have to talk about this. Um, it's like America's sweetheart herb. So turmeric <laughs> is good. If one, I can't tell you how many times I've talked about joint pain and people are like, well, have you tried turmeric? Like, yeah, I might, I might have given that a shot. Uh, <laughs> it's again, it's not going to be the thing you sprinkle on your life to make everything go away. All it's going to do is stain everything yellow. Um, it requires fat for absorption. This is a big thing to note. Uh, black pe pepper also increases absorption. So this is why black pepper and turmeric are often paired together in blends like chai. So I typically only add turmeric because it's a pretty earthy flavor. I only add it to like cinnamony or chai chai-like smoothies. Um, I sometimes use this product from Gaia Herbs. It's called Maca Boost. So it has maca and then chai spices. And I'll add a little extra turmeric to that because I think the flavors kind of meld nicely together. Um, two more and then we'll move on. Moringa powder. This one's less known. I don't see it as much. It's a leaf. Um, it tastes like a leaf. So it's not like the most um, yummy addition to smoothies. But it's a super nutritious leaf. It's high in minerals like calcium and iron and magnesium, other vitamins and nutrients, amino acids, fiber. So sometimes I will add that to my smoothie or Hattie smoothie, especially if it's like more fruit based, if there's more like sweetness to cover up the taste. And then finally, I've been using um, lion's mane. Lion's mane is a type of mushroom. I've been using that one specifically for nerve health and memory. Um, but like I said, we'll get more into mushrooms and adaptogens later on uh, in a future episode episode so yeah do you, you want to take That'll over so one. i can take a sip of water <laughs> um flavor boosts so uh vanilla extract peppermint extract ginger cinnamon cardamom i think those are the ones that come to mind for me yeah i like to also add some sea salt like a little pinch of sea salt will bring out sweetness i especially love it mm. with chocolate or cinnamon i actually um i have a recipe it's for a graham cracker smoothie which is so tasty but there's a ton of cinnamon and sea salt and the flavors together it's like one of my favorite smoothies so you can check that, that out on my website delicious. it's really good Okay, and then uh, liquids. So uh, like we mentioned, homemade nut milk, hemp, or almonds. You'd need a cheesecloth or, I'm sorry, a nut milk bag for uh, almond. And then a high-speed blender, preferably. Um, Grass-fed cows, goat, sheep milk, kefir. 
Uh, when we were making notes about this smoothie episode, I had, <laughs> I had written down clean water in our liquids, and Erin um, proceeded to pounce on that, which is like, <laughs> oh, you know, instead of like sewage water. So, Do not use uh, rat-infested yep. waters for your smoothies. <laughs> yeah. Rain runoff in your smoothies. How organic. Um, <laughs> you can also use herbal or green tea. Uh, aloe vera juice, um, which can help with digestion and soothing your stomach. But I will say this can also help with constipation, hint, hint. So don't dump it uh, a lot in there. Um, And then you had mentioned leftover water from steaming veggies, which I had never thought of before. Yeah. So my neighbor actually gave, gave me this idea. Shout out to Julie. She's like the OG homesteader. And, um, I never would have thought to do that, but I use my instant pot to steam like beets, for example, and there's always that extra water and I usually toss it down the drain, but that would be so great. I think you can also water your plants with it, but, um, that would be a great addition to smoothies. She was like, just don't use like broccoli or something that's like really stinky or, you know, but I think that's an awesome idea. So. Um, let's talk about, so Kyle, you had said that you often will drink your smoothies on the go and I pretty much said the same thing. And I, I, I bet that most of us would, you know, would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. my husband will like just chug smoothies like in like three seconds flat. It's really bad. So if you're eating on the go, chances are you're not like sitting down and eating in a relaxed environment. Um, so it can be harder to absorb, all the nutrition from your food. I'm not going to get into digestion here, but basically understand that it's a top-down process. And if you're um, if you're on the go, your body's not in rest and digest mode, and so you just spent all this time and money crafting this beautiful smoothie, and you're not even going to get to get the, all the nutrients out of it, which is a bummer. So a few ways you can support that and enhance that digestion are one to make your smoothie really thick and eat it with a spoon because that's going to help you slow down and also chew the smoothie. And ways I thicken smoothies up are frozen bananas, avocado, fresh avocado, or even frozen avocado in like thick yogurt. Um, but then you can also add crunchy bits to the top. And again, this forces forces you to chew up those crunchy bits. And the act of chewing gets digestion going both from a mechanical perspective and also a chemical perspective. So ways to do this are to add nuts and seeds, dried coconut, um, granola or even cacao nibs, just anything that's going to get you to chew, chew up that smoothie. Yeah. I think that I feel like, you know, when we were talking about this episode, we're like, yeah, let's just do like an easy breezy smoothie episode. Like, yeah, it'd be like, like 20 50, minutes. No big deal. Yeah. 52 minutes later. Um, I think I covered everything. I mean, I already kind of touched on how I prep yeah. in the morning, how I just have everything out. And yeah, I think that's all that I have to say about smoothies. Yeah. Cool. You guys, thanks for the questions. Keep them coming. We love this stuff. Hopefully you're finding it helpful. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.